The Jets have a number of starters hitting free agency, but retaining a part-time player should be their top priority. I'll tell you who and why today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on the podcast, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out, helps other Jets fans find the show. Today's episode of Locked on Jets is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. Well, today we're going to focus on free agency. The Jets have a number of players who have expiring contracts. We're going to weed through them, figure out who the Jets should prioritize, who they should let go, who they maybe should bring back if the price is right. But we're going to begin with the number one priority. And for me, this seems like a no-brainer, but it's also a player the Jets have seemed to have, if not minimal, not a not a ton of interest in bringing back, and that's Bryce Huff. And you may know Bryce Huff, uh, undrafted free agent success story. I mean, how many undrafted free agents do you bring in as pass rushers and they end up being a 10-sack guy for you? You know, Bryce Huff's story of his career has been one of consistent improvement, consistent success, and he's about to hit free agency. And the thing is, I feel like the Jets make simple things complicated sometimes. Now, to me, no matter what your situation is, if you've got a 25-year-old undrafted free agent who's done nothing but succeed for you, if you have a 25-year-old undrafted free agent who's consistently gotten better, if you've got a 25-year-old free agent who's an impact player, you probably should be focused on bringing him back. And it's not so much that like the Jets are lacking resources, which they are. We talked about that on yesterday's show, the, the cap crunch that they face. It's not so much that it feels like they're trying to prioritize because, you know, as we all know, offense has to be the priority this offseason. It just feels like they don't really think Huff is that good. And this has been an ongoing thing with them. You know, back in 2022, the Jets signed a guy from Houston, Jacob Martin, as a situational pass rusher. And his job was essentially to supplant Huff. His, his job was essentially to take Bryce Huff's role away as situational pass rusher. And then Bryce Huff went out and succeeded. And the Jets ended up trading Jacob Martin to the Broncos midseason because Huff was better than him. Then this past offseason, the Jets really showed no interest in bringing Huff back. I mean, I said it a year ago. It's not a second guess. It's a first guess. That a year ago would have been the perfect time to work out an extension with Bryce Huff because as a non-drafted free agent, you make very little money the first three years, and as we all know in the NFL, you're one injury away, you're one play away from suffering a career-altering injury. So it made all the sense in the world for Huff maybe to leave some money on the table, and the Jets could have gotten a good deal. Now, I'll be honest with you, when I said that, I was not anticipating Huff to have a 10-sack season. But the Jets were very slow to like increase Huff's snap, snap totals. The Jets very reluctant to put him on the field and in non-passing downs, and you could say, well, you know, maybe he's not such a great run defender. 
Well, the problem with that is the Jets gave Carl Lawson a pretty big contract in free agency a couple of years ago and essentially told us they didn't care about his run defense. And that, I think part of the plan behind having a bigger defensive end like John Franklin Myers on one side is that you could have a guy on the other side who's more focused on just rushing the passer. Bryce Huff just posted double-digit sacks and less than 500 snaps. I understand like what the priority needs to be. I understand the Jets have a focus on fixing this offense, but you also do need to think long-term. There, your offseason always has to be a balance of long-term and short-term thinking. Bryce Huff's a guy who should be a good pass rusher for a very long time. You know, he, he, You're probably looking at another three to four productive years, I would say. And while I understand, you know, it's difficult to project a guy, you know, it's a lot of guys have big contract seasons. I think Huff's relative lack of production, and when I say relative lack of, lack of production, I'm talking about the counting stats. I'm talking about the sack totals. His relative lack of production prior to last season was not really a product of him being unproductive. It was a product of the Jets not giving him a chance. The Jets were very reluctant to... Get, give him an opportunity to play on non-passing downs, even when he deserved it. And this year they finally did a little bit. And he, again, he produced double-digit sacks. To me, this should be the no-brainer of no-brainers. And the fact that like we're already beginning to see people in the media rationalize the Jets letting him go as though there's like any good reason to let a, a pass rusher like this, a 25-year-old edge rusher who gets to the quarterback at this rate, we're acting like there's any rationale for letting him go that's reasonable. Well, I think that's a tough sell. To me, in like any normal world, this is the type of guy you'd keep around. This is the type of guy who would be part of your core. Uh, Bryce Huff should stay. Uh, that I feel very strongly on. Now, the thing with the Jets is there are not a lot of other free agents after Huff who I think they look at and say, you know, we got to keep this guy around. In fact, the only other two guys who really stand out to me are the specialists, uh, Greg Zerline. Now, with the caveat that if some team gives Greg Zorline, I don't know, like $12 million guaranteed, they should let him go. I mean, you should, I don't think you should ever give kicker multi-year guarantees because kickers fluctuate in performance from year to year. And I think a lot of it just deals with the sample size. Kickers don't attempt a lot of field goals. So you could have like two bad games, and that'll like destroy your statistics for the season. And suddenly, you know, you're, you're not looking that good. Whereas, like, if you just avoid two bad games, you can have a perfect season, and people think you're in the realm of Justin Tucker. In reality, there's Justin Tucker, and then there's everybody else. And then there's, like, the guys who are unplayable. So there's the three levels of kickers. You know, Greg Zerline's not Justin Tucker. Greg Zerline's not unplayable, though. There's everybody else. So there's always more kickers, more quality kickers available than there are teams. At any given time, there's there are more than 32 quality kickers around in the NFL. So you can always sign somebody. If you disagree with me, well, you see it every year. Some team has a kicker injury. They bring some, they sign a new kicker, and the guy does fine. Got a lot of them do better than fine. The problem with the Jets is Joe Douglas is consistently going for the unplayable guys. You know, I mean, how many of these guys did, does Joe Douglas sign? Um, you know, Kessman or Amadola. I mean, you could go on Ficken. Uh, the, the ultimate Kari Vedvik, his first game, a guy who you know missed a couple of kicks, that couple, couple chip shots that cost the Jets Douglas's first game as GM. So that that is like the caveat that makes me think maybe the Jets ought to just give Zorline a lot of money. But in reality, they should be fine without Zorline. But why would you take the chance? You know, as long as like no team's giving Greg Zorline like again fifteen million dollars in guarantees, then you know, bring him back. You know he's good. You know he's capable. And that's the biggest problem with Joe Douglas is it felt like for many years, Joe Douglas was trying to lock down the kicker position for the next 10 years by bringing in some like rookie instead of just realizing there's always a good kicker available. 
and just get the, if you're not good at identifying kicking talent, if you're not good at scouting younger kickers, bringing the guy with an NFL track record. So whether it's Zerline or whether it's somebody else, you know, just make sure you get an experienced guy. But if the, as long as the price doesn't get crazy, you should bring back Zerline. And the same goes with Thomas Morstead. Thomas Morstead, I thought, had an excellent season. The Jets, I think, in many ways made amends for a mistake they made back in 2021 when Braden Mann got injured in week one and Morstead came in and did a solid job, frankly, better than Braden Mann ever did. And then Mann got healthy and the Jets cut Morstead. And I think if you look back on it, that was probably not the right move. But again, I think Joe Douglas was kind of trying to lock down the punter position for the next decade by getting Braden Mann, who was a young guy he drafted, instead of just understanding that punters are readily available. You can always find a quality guy, even if Morstead's at the end of his career. He'll be Once he retires, he'll be able to find uh, somebody who's just as good. Morstead's been solid, though. Again, as long as the guarantees don't get crazy, I think it makes all the sense in the world to bring him back. There are a number of free agents, though, who for whom it does not make all the sense in the world for the Jets to bring, bring back. In fact, there are a number of free agents for whom the Jets bringing them back makes no sense. I'll tell you who they are as we continue on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season has wrapped up, and so has the Jets season. But there are still four teams fighting for the Super Bowl, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. I'm not sure how you feel about championship weekend. We have the Chiefs at Baltimore. We have the Lions at San Francisco. I don't know that I have a great hunch for either of those games, but if you do, there's, been, there's no better time to get in on the action with FanDuel because new customers get 150 in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. Again, it's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first to watch every day. A big shout out to you every day. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday. Today we're talking Jets players who are about to hit free agency. Who should they keep? Who should they get rid of? Now we're in the get rid of section. And I don't know that there's gonna, I'm going to get a lot of debate on the guys I'm going to mention here. Because most of these free agents were pretty unproductive for the Jets through the season. Uh, let's start with Dwayne Brown, who... Started the first two games. He was the plan A at left tackle and really the only plan because the Jets did not have quality backups at the tackle position. Got injured after two games. And that's not a surprise because he was coming back from a serious injury and got minimal reps in training camp in the preseason. Then got healthy. They had like this stretch where they activated him late in the season, but he only played like as the extra tight ends. He only played as the sixth offensive lineman in jumbo packages. I said a year ago the Jets should not bring him back. I can't believe they did it. Uh, you know, he was like one of the most obvious guys to not bring back a year ago. I, I can't believe he was with the Jets in 2023. I certainly will not be with the Jets in 2024. But there actually might be one free agent who is more of an obvious don't bring back, and that's Randall Cobb. I can't believe anybody thought that this was a good signing. You know, I, I try and not like call people out on this, but there were a number of people who thought that that was a solid signing. And he ends up catching five passes. And you know something? You could say he had chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. He'd be better with Aaron Rodgers. He had five catches all season long. But come on. The guy just finished. He's 
not an NFL player anymore. He wasn't an NFL caliber player at the time the Jets signed him. Uh, I mean, if he had one more catch, he was one catch away from uh, costing the Jets half a million dollars per reception. That That's not bang for your buck. That's the opposite of bang for your buck. So he should go. Uh, Billy Turner, just maybe one of the least effective offensive linemen in the NFL this season, could not hit a block whatsoever. You know, they they brought him in, I think, as kind of the swing tackle. We're going to delete the audio of the show that I did when the Jets signed him after the draft because I said I trust Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is always a big fan of Billy Turner. Well, serves me right. I did not trust Aaron Rodgers with the wide receivers. I should not have trusted Aaron Rodgers uh, when it came to the offensive lineman. Billy Turner, a guy who clearly should go. Um, an interesting one is Carl Lawson. That's not interesting from the standpoint there should be any debate. But Carl Lawson was a guy the Jets restructured a year ago. And this was, you know, we talk about internal evaluations. It's very important to be able to accurately evaluate your own players. And Lawson was kind of a domino effect from the Jets failing to evaluate Bryce Huff correctly. Because Huff stepped into a bigger role. I think Huff kind of stopped, stepped into the role the Jets thought Lawson was going to have. A year ago, cutting Carl Lawson would have saved the Jets over $10 million against the cap. So I feel like if the Jets realized what they had in Huff, they would have cut Lawson and would have saved the money. Instead, what they did was they they kind of did like this two-step contract change with Lawson. Now, they did get him to take a pay cut, which was good, but they also restructured the deal and added dead money this year. They gave him what are known as void years, and I explained void years on yesterday's show if you're interested. So because the Jets did that, they went from potentially saving over $10 million in cap space by cutting him last year to Lawson, who will not be on the team, counting for $6.3 million in dead money this year. I mean, that is... That's like the opposite of good cap management. That's the opposite of good team building. That's the opposite of good front office work. But I think we saw Lawson was completely phased out this year. Like, I don't know whether he was injured or what. I know in preseason, the Jets were talking about him dealing with a back injury. So maybe that factored into him being phased out. But no matter what, you know, back injuries are scary things. Uh, there's, I just don't think the Jets will bring Lawson back. You know, you can say some of it had to do with injuries which was true, but Lawson was just a signing that did not work out whatsoever for the Jets. I liked the signing at the time. I and mean, again, maybe if he had stayed healthy, maybe if he hadn't suffered that Achilles injury back in 2021, things would have worked out better. But that I think we can look back on as a completely failed signing. Makai Becton, just very disappointing player. And I know like there's some thought out there, maybe the Jets bring him back for cheap. And I was like on that, I was kind of like on that bandwagon up until like November, December, when his play just completely cratered. And I just don't know what you can say that's good about Makai Becton right now. You know, he, he was able to stay healthy this year. That was always the knock on him. That he always suffered the serious injuries. But he wasn't very good. So, you know, you have a guy who you're not sure he could stay on the field. When he does play, you know, he looks out of place at the tackle position. I mean, where's the rationale for keeping him i mean do you want to argue that maybe two years removed from his injury he'll be better i guess it's possible but the thing with becton is that you know he was showing a lack of lateral movement skills and at the tackle position because you don't have anybody helping you on your outside you know at the guard you have you have the tackle to one side and you have the center to the other so you don't necessarily need to move laterally as well you know you can you always know that you'll have help next to you either way if somebody beats you to the outside or the inside at the tackle position, you have help inside. You have the guard. 
but you don't have help to the outside, which means you need lateral movement skills. And I just don't know that Becton's ever had them. I don't know what he'd look like if he had not gotten injured during his young days, but I just don't know that he would have been that good anyway. And even if he, you know, maybe he'd be better than this, but maybe he wouldn't be you know, leading the league in sack at, sacks and penalties. But I just don't know that looking back, he was ever going to be a capable tackle over the long run, even though he had kind of a solid rookie season. Major disappointment. I don't know that there's a price I'd like Becton back at this point because he just showed so little. He just looked like a guy who could not help a team whatsoever. So I would I would just let, let Becton go. I think that that's a fairly obvious move. And I think I think if the Jets bring him back, it's for reasons that go beyond football. I think it's I think it would be a case of Joe Douglas not being able to admit his mistakes because there's really not many areas where I think Beckton can help a team. And the last one I went back and forth on, but I think they ought to let Jordan Whitehead go. Whitehead every so often makes great plays and you think he's worth every dollar, but he makes bad plays too frequently. I mean he had that three interception game against Buffalo, and he, he knew that would be the high point of a season because he wasn't he was never gonna have three interceptions again. But he just misses too many tackles and he takes too many bad angles. It you know, it, that's not what you need at the safety position. You need as the guy who's the last line of the defense, you need steady play. You don't necessarily need a big time playmaker. Now, of course, you take a big time playmaker if you have a guy who produces a lot of turnovers at the safety position. You certainly would be happy with that. But I think it's more important to be steady because I think the guys at the safety position who make big plays but give up a lot of big plays, they hurt you more than they help you. The big play, you know, the plays that safeties make, they tend to you know be moderately good, but the plays that they whiff on, they kill you. They just destroy your team. I just think Whitehead makes too many of them. I would say on the defensive side of the ball, safety is the one area of weakness for the New York Jets. And that's the area. If we're talking about areas they need to upgrade this offseason, that would be at the top of the list. Although I think maybe there are a couple of internal candidates who could help them with that. As we continue on this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Jets podcast, I'll tell you who they are. I think that there are a couple of guys that Jets could resign who are about to hit free agency, but only at the right price. We'll get into that more continuing this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Jets. This episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, users get $100 off when they buy a game time ticket with code VEGAS100. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I've used game time multiple times over the last couple of months. I used it to go to the U.S. Open in New York. I used it to find a Broadway show right after Thanksgiving. And I used it to buy an extra ticket to the Holiday Bowl when my nephew wanted to go back in December. The app is really easy to use. It's just a couple clicks and you're done. And the tickets are delivered to you immediately. The easiest ticketing app I've ever used. I highly recommend it myself. And you can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know expect exactly what to expect when you arrive. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to go for last minute deals. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Right now, all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and use code VEGAS number one, number zero, number zero, Vegas 100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listener, first watch every day. Today we're focused on free agents about to hit the market for the New York Jets. Jets have a number of 
players who are going to hit free agency this year. Yesterday, we talked about their cap situation, which is, which is very tight. That means you've got to prioritize. That means that there are certain players who will make sense for you at one price, but not so much for another. And a guy at the top of my list is Ashton Davis. And this is a guy I never thought I'd endorse bringing back, but he had a really good season for the Jets. And sometimes players fail in one role, but they succeed in another. You know, every player has things they can do and things they can't do. Or most players do. You know, some players have nothing they can do and everything they can't do. But but many players have things things that they're good at, things they're not so good at. And good coaching requires you to figure out ways to put players in positions where they do the things they're good at and not the things they're bad at. And Ashton Davis is a good example of this. Ashton Davis, two years ago in 2021, got a lot of uh, playing time at the safety position for the Jets and was one of the worst safeties I've ever seen. I mean, I just talked about Whitehead taking bad angles. Well, Whitehead had nothing on Ashton Davis. Ashton Davis constantly ran himself out of plays. And when you're the last line of defense, that's not something you want to do. Ashton Davis was like the, the number one safety in the league at turning what should have been 10-yard runs into 35-yard runs because he'd take bad angles, he'd whiff on tackles. This year, he was better. What was the difference in Ashton Davis? Well, first of all, they played him in a part-time role. You know, Maybe he's a little overexposed if he plays too frequently. So they limited his snap total. But they played him closer to the line of scrimmage. You know, around 80% of his snaps were close to the line of scrimmage. A couple of years ago, he was playing primarily as a deep safety. The line of scrimmage, actually a playmaker. And I think part of it's when you play closer to the line, you could be more aggressive because you have somebody behind you. Even if you miss on a play, you know, you know somebody's going to be there to clean it up. And the way the Jets used Ashton Davis, he was almost like the co-third linebacker along with Jamie and Sherwood. I mean, that's the thing. If you've watched Robert Sala and, and uh, Jeff Ulbrich over the last couple of years, one thing they've been fo- focused on is getting at the linebacker position. And that's meant they've converted a number of guys from safety to linebacker. And even though Ashton Davis is still technically listed as a safety, he was playing in more of a linebacker role. Not exclusively, but he was kind of a guy who played much more, much more close to the line of scrimmage. And that meant, you know, you could go for the strip a little bit more. You know, he had a couple... He had a couple of forced fumbles. Now, you know, a couple of them got wiped out because of a call or something like that, a review. But Ashton Davis is, you know, pretty good at stripping the ball out. And he also recorded three interceptions. So he's turned himself into a really good part-time player, as long as he doesn't cost too much money. And why do I say why why do I say that? Well, you know, he's never really played that well in a full-time role. So first of all, you know, he's he's really a part-time player. Second of all, it's like I've seen the Jets do this before where, where they go crazy, where some guy has a decent season as a role player and they just give him too much money and just give him too big of a role. I mean, Braxton Berrios is the most recent example. I mean, I could go all the way back to previous regimes at the safety position. Eric Smith was a guy who was very valuable to Rex Ryan his first couple of years, and they loved him so much that they gave him a pretty decent contract and turned him into a starting safety, and he was awful after they did that. You know, you got to understand what a guy's capable of. I think Ashton Davis is a good depth player. I think he's a good role player. But I would not, you know, I wouldn't go too far with the with the money, and I wouldn't give him that much bigger of a role because I think he's shown what he can do. He's 27 years old. He's never been a great player in a full time role, but in a part time role, he's been excellent. I would like to see Ashton Davis back at the right price. Another guy who I think could help the Jets, a guy who conceivably could be an answer at the safety position, is Chuck Clark, and that might not be a name you're familiar with because the Jets, he was actually the first acquisition last offseason the Jets traded a late round pick to Baltimore for him Clark was a good safety in Baltimore it was just they had a log jam at the position you know they signed Marcus Williams Kyle Hamilton was coming up uh there really wasn't a spot for Chuck Clark I was excited about him I thought he was gonna be a really good addition to the defense 
And then he suffered a serious injury, the first serious injury of the season for the Jets. He suffered a season-ending injury you know, during the offseason and was gone. Well, again, the Jets need to figure out their safety position. They don't have a ton of cap space. And safety is, although it's a need, it's not as big of a need. It's not It's not going to be the type of thing that makes or breaks the Jets the way addressing the need at offensive line or the need at wide receiver will be. So the Jets need to prioritize. And they can't. I don't think they can dedicate a lot of money to safety. Chuck Clark could be an answer there. There are also a couple interior defensive linemen. Uh, the Jets don't really have many defensive tackles beyond Quinn and Williams, who are under contract for next season. So a couple of guys who I think could come back. Um, Al Woods, although I, you know, I might lean more towards just letting Al Woods go because he's old. He's coming off an Achilles injury. But those guys who are like this big space eaters on the defensive line, they tend to be able to play forever because they're not trying to get up the field. They don't need to be explosive. They just need to be strong and stout at the point of attack. Alwood's is not going to cost much money. If they wanted to bring him back, I don't think I'd have a big issue with it. Quinton Jefferson also had a nice season, you know, good pass rusher. I would not mind bringing him back, but I'll, I'll give you one caveat here. I've seen a couple of people say the Jets need to bring back Quinton Jefferson because he had a great season. Let me give you some food for thought here. Wasn't Sheldon Rankins really good with the Jets? And they let him go, and they were fine. And they found Quinton Jefferson, dude, is a veteran player who's been around the league. You know, not a bad player, but not necessarily a great player. They brought him on a cheap deal and got production out of him. At what point do you say, you know what? We could probably plug any decent guy next to Quinton Williams as long as you know, as long as he's not awful, as long as he's got some skills. We could probably plug any decent guy next to him, and he's going to succeed because you have a great player who's consistently drawing the attention, consistently drawing double teams of the opposition. Whoever you bring in is going to be going to get his share of one on ones. And defensive tackles were decent if they get one-on-ones, they're going to make plays, they're going to succeed. So I don't mind bringing back Quinton Quinton Jefferson because he has a leg up on on the other candidates. He succeeded in the system. He succeeded next to Quinton Williams. We've seen him do it. I would just say, though, anybody who's like semi-good is probably going to look pretty solid next to Quinton Williams. So I would not stretch too far to keep Quinton Jefferson. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out and helps other Jets fans find the show. Hope you have a great Tuesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions tomorrow. We will have our weekly mailbag show. Can't wait to answer them.